Hello and welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor, the podcast full of pocket-sized mentorship from inspiring minds in the startup and scale-up world. I hope you're all enjoying a much-needed break over this festive period full of delicious food, good company and are getting a proper rest from the daily grind. Today, we want to take a moment to appreciate all of the episodes that have formed a fantastic year on the podcast, where we celebrated our 200th episode and 10th series. Thanks so much to you all, our wonderful loyal listeners, for tuning in week in and week out. We really appreciate your support. To mark the end of the year, we have a few snippets to share where our very own JBM squad give their personal podcast highlights from the past year. You'll hear from some of the headhunters at JBM and also our wonderful marketing team that are behind this very podcast. And of course, we'll also be showcasing some of our very dedicated 40-minute mentor ambassadors. So from me and the wider team, I'd like to say a big thanks to all of our guests, you, our wonderful listeners, and also to our sponsors for all of your support this year. This one is for you. My favourite episode from 2023 has got to be the power of digital detox with Hector Hughes, who is the co-founder of Unplugged. Not only do I love cabins and the Unplugged brand and what they represent, I love how Hector shone a much needed light on the unspoken addiction we all have with our phones. He touches on the busyness epidemic, which I am absolutely guilty of being a part of, and also how the demand for us to always be online is a fast road to burnout. He gives some simple advice on how we can start to build better relationships with technology. So I think it's an episode that many marketeers and founders will find very insightful. When people digital detox, then it makes them crave more time offline, right? So because at the moment, the momentum is very much into spending more and more and more time online. Those screens are getting into every single area of our lives. And so what we're looking to do is send that momentum in another direction. You know, can we get people to start craving time offline so that it's not just when they come instead with us in the cabin, but they leave their phone at home when they go to the shops or, you know, if you're a couple, you, you go and spend one night a week having dinner at a restaurant and leave your phone at home. So yeah, it's really about I almost see us as a behavioral psychology business as, as much as a, a cabin business. And it's really about how can we move society in a different direction. My 2023 40-minute mental pick is the roller coaster of scaling a unicorn with Nicolas Brusson, CEO and founder of BlaBlaCar. What I particularly liked about Nicolas Brusson's 40-minute mental episode was how he went into the shifts in society and the macro factors that really impacted the growth of BlaBlaCar and really how the rise of social media and the idea of an online profile became a common frame of reference for people to understand the sharing economy and really enabled companies that work in that space, including the likes of Airbnb, as well as BlaBlaCar, to really thrive as people finally understood what it was to have an online profile. Essentially, two things happened within the same two or three days. My daughter was born, which has nothing to do with the career per se. And we announced the, uh, the fundraising of Excel. And that's when Babacar raised $10 million. And it was after like a long period, which maybe we're going to talk about, of you know, being under the radar and people not believing in the model. And that was sort of the turning point where Babacar was finally becoming a thing. 
and we had the backing of Axel, which is, as you know, one of the the top big brand name everywhere in London specifically, but you know, everywhere in the US as well. And all of that could have been like a very stressful moment where lots of things could go wrong. And you're between like you know, my girlfriend giving birth, first daughter, uh, you know, the funding that could go sideways and da, da, da. And I have like a great memory of that because it sort of worked out and I was in, uh, I was in the zone, maybe not sleeping for like, I don't know, three days. But I had that level of like stamina and energy because you, uh, it all worked out beautifully. And to date, I think it's maybe the most powerful emotions packed in like, I don't know, 48 hours essentially. And uh, it's going to be hard to, hard to top. My favorite episode of 40 Minute Mentor Series 10 is with Dimple Patel. It's a story of incredible perseverance, resilience, and incredible leadership as she talks us through her entrepreneurial experience of scaling and exiting a coffee shop business and how she moved into tech with Truva, firstly as COO and then as CEO, as she took it through COVID, hypergrowth, and then two exits within a matter of months. She is a real inspiration and a fantastic mentor. And then four months after that, got the news that the group was insolvent, they hadn't been able to secure financing, and that they were closing down. That is incredibly difficult news to receive for anybody. But because we were part of a publicly listed group, I got that news at the same point that a press release went out to the press, which meant I had 10 minutes to prepare to brief the team. Hadn't had a chance to map out what that meant for Truba. We'd received instructions. You know, the FCA were, had been supervising everything that was happening. We had advisors, lawyers, etc. At that point, we'd just been told that we had to close down. So summoned the team onto a call, very open with them about what had happened. They were going to hear about it in the press anyway. And at that point, was really honest that I didn't know necessarily what this meant for Truba, but that I would be as open as I could be with them going forward. And I would do everything that I could to try and work us out of this situation. My favorite episode from 2023 is the episode featuring Alice Pelton, who's the founder of The Lowdown. I think her passion and her personal connection to her mission really comes across in the episode. And she talks about her founder journey really candidly and chats about some of the challenges of founding a business that we might not otherwise think about. I want to build a really big, successful company that continues to impact and improve millions of women's lives. And um, a lot of people sort of assumed I'd maybe go down like the charity route or the non-profit route, which is where historically a lot of contraceptive things are. But I was like, no, that's exactly the reason I don't want to go down that route because (laughs) no offense, but they haven't got that much money. Their experience isn't great. And you're going to get lumped in the same pool of NGOs and companies fighting for the same grants, which I just have no interest in doing or experience in knowing how to do. So yeah, it was quite obvious to me that I wanted to go down the VC route to really build something truly fantastic. And it was almost like my, you know, my duty to women at that point, given that how successful the initial platform was to give it a really good shot. So that's kind of how I ended up going into the VC route. 
My favorite episode of 2023 has to be the truth about diets and nutrition advice for busy execs with Renan Lambert. Um, as a health and well-being coach myself, I'm really passionate about helping people improve their relationships with food um, and stopping the spread of misinformation around dieting and nutrition, of which uh, there is plenty. Um, so Rhiannon's ethos is really closely aligned with my own. I, I really love her inclusive approach to nutrition and the emphasis that she placed on satisfaction and enjoyment throughout the podcast. Um, I also really loved hearing about her journey with nutrition and, and how she's become so successful and I, I found it really inspiring. Um, so essentially everything about this episode was was right up my alley. All busy people listening, you need to diarize or it won't go in. I'm the same. I need to put in my diary a 20 minute break just to eat. Otherwise my day will run away with me. So please pop it into your diaries. Have a large bottle of water by your desk. I tend to have a large 1.5 liter. I want you to drink all of that water in a day as a minimum. Keep drinking. Toilet breaks are good things because you get up, you stretch, you do stretches and then you're more productive anyway. Water also helps with concentration. Now when it comes to preparing meals, have a kind of list of five things you rotate every day but change. Like always carry in your bag if you can a piece of fruit that you're mixing up every day, a bag of nuts or seeds and some oat biscuits or something and then you can have a pot of hummus in your fridge at work if that's available to you or some nut butter in a sachet in your bag and just little things that you can have on the go if you're not able to grab a meal at least you're not going hungry which will keep you more productive and means you're getting those extra vitamins and minerals in but really getting organized helps My favorite episode of the year has to be the one with Catherine Linson. It was just great to hear about her career starting off in finance, but then, you know, going off to being the first female managing partner at SoftBank, just an incredible achievement. But then also to see and hear about how she went on, has gone on to have more of a portfolio career. It was just a great reminder that our careers and actually probably our lives are made up of squiggly and not just linear lines. And that's okay, you know, and that's probably the case for most of us. So just great to, to hear about that. I think if I'm honest, when I left SoftBank, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do next. I was having some level of kind of identity crisis about was I a, was I an HR person or was I not? I broadened out a lot in the end of SoftBank. So by the time I left SoftBank, I was running our ESG setup. We had a couple of early stage funds, which were kind of diversity focused. So they were aiming to get capital into the hands of diverse founders. By the time I left, you know, I was looking after to both of those. And so I sort of had this moment, and I think I'm probably still in that moment of, you know, I'd done 20 years of kind of really hardcore people in HR leadership roles. And I'd started to see inside this investment world, which I was finding super fascinating. I was already angel investing. I was taking kind of my skills in picking and assessing founders, and I was applying them from an investment perspective rather than from a, you know, from a pure talent perspective. And so I really felt that I didn't want to kind of go into another big HR job at that time, that I wanted to have this period of broadening. And I actually don't know the answer to, is this a permanent kind of broadening portfolio setup? Or will I at some point go and do a, another, you know, big executive role? And, and what would that look like? I, I don't know the answer to that. And I think it's okay that I don't know the answer to that. I'm trying to kind of give myself the space to be like, no, like you're doing interesting work with interesting people. Like you don't need a plan for the next 20 years. Like the plan will formulate itself.
One of my favorite episodes this year was the one with Milita Miti on the rise of the generalists. I found that Milita's clarification of what the generalist role means uh, in these days uh, to be incredibly powerful and very useful as well as refreshing. Um, and I think that I loved how she highlighted the importance of actually having generalist profiles in any organization, especially the ones that are facing um, constant, constant change and very fast uh, growth rates. I think when I first came across the word generalist, I describe it as being like a thousand light bulbs going off in my head, like, wow, this might finally be a word to describe me. I think the traditional definition has been a jack of all trades, which often comes with a negative connotation almost. It's like, ah, just a jack of all trades, you know, master of none. But what my job really is, is to redefine what it means to be a generalist and to be, especially to be a generalist in today's fast-changing, unpredictable, uncertain world. And so we define a generalist as an expert in learning, in problem-solving, and in big picture thinking. And I think the kind of key part of it is someone who can effectively take their strengths and apply them across different domains and different roles. So they might go from being an engineer to an artist or from researching and writing policy to studying science, or there could be this like real breadth of expertise. And I think that the big key part is my thing that I'm really batting for is like that that's actually a real strength. That's that there's actually huge value in that to be able to see things from all of these different perspectives. Having produced over 200 episodes of 40 Minute Mentor now, it has been really difficult to choose just one of my favorite episodes from the last year. So I'm going to slightly cheat here and shout out a few. I think overarchingly, as a producer, I always try and make sure that we're doing things a little bit differently, sharing stories that haven't been shared on any of the other podcasts, as well as continuously evolve the format of 40 Minute Mentor and the questions that we ask. And I think, you know, taking a step back and looking at the last 12 months, I think we've really done that this year and have had really great feedback from it as well. So I think a few of the episodes that have stood out to me, first of all, our entire mentorship series has been really interesting to not just feature incredible founders and investors on the podcast, but also look at kind of the mentorship relationships as a whole and look at the do's and don'ts when it comes to mentorship, but also make it much more accessible and share some really tangible advice on how to get a mentor and why you might want to start mentoring someone yourself. It's also been great to kind of draw back the curtains and get a really candid insight into some of the really popular industries such as the VC industry. I also especially enjoyed sitting down with Dom Hallis and discuss, you know, how the SVP events unfolded last year and really get an insight scoop into that. If I really had to choose one episode that stood out to me, it would be our episode with Sue Fennessy from We Are Eight. Sue was incredibly candid on the podcast, really did not hold back. And, you know, especially for myself working in marketing, it was really great to hear 
how we are eight are disrupting the industry, but also hearing Sue talk about sort of the dark side of social media, which a lot of people, you know, wouldn't talk about and wouldn't be aware of maybe. And I think for me, one of the standout quotes from the episode was how she believes that founders who are building sustainable and transparent businesses will ultimately be successful today and in the future. And this whole narrative around you have to raise investment, otherwise you're not successful, it's just not true. And it's really about building a sustainable business. So those are probably some of my absolute favorite episodes and with Sue's episode standing out the most from one of our series this year. Make no mistake, we want to build the biggest digital media company in the world. But it's the injustice of what is happening to people with the big tech companies controlling what we see, how we feel, controlling us, selling us. We are the largest unpaid workforce in human history. It's the injustice of that. And it's that we're not being valued. So it's, and it's setting up. So it's the injustice piece. And then the only way that the world will see women and diversity differently is when we create something that is so fucking big and so transformational that people will never underestimate women again and so women or diverse leaders again. And we live in a world, technology, controlled by, and I have three white (laughs) children, male children who I adore, clearly, but we have to change the status quo so that everyone can be who they want to be. And that is a wrap from us today. We hope you really enjoyed our selection of highlights. And I want to say another big thank you for your ongoing support. It really does mean the world to us that you tune in week in and week out and your feedback is always amazing to read. We'll be back in 2024 where we will once again be sharing the mic with inspirational minds and sharing incredible stories from the startup and VC world. But until then, enjoy the rest of your holidays and we wish you and yours a very happy, healthy start to the year ahead. Thank you.